you guys making money is easy. And I just remember being like, screw yeah, you. Yeah, screw guys. you. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who are you? And what the hell are you saying? And now like I'm one of them and I hate it because I always say it like when I do say it, first of all, I always quote them because I can hear them saying it. But I think, I think people need to hear that it is possible. Therefore, it is possible for you. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and today we have, well, let's see, um, a very friendly, outgoing, and... um, well, the OG free mama, uh, Catherine Jones has referred to her as a woman of the people. She has, as she says, checked off all of the, all the, the things that successful people are supposed to do, right? She's got her two comic club award. She's a best-selling author. She has a, a community of an audience of raving fans. She has a YouTube channel. She follows Russell Brunson. She is the OG free mama. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for, well, I guess I didn't even say your last name. Um, um, thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's golden, like the sun. Lauren Golden. So, do you go by Lauren Golden or Lauren? Is it Marty Golden? Is that the where did I see that come up? I don't. Probably on my Facebook, but that's just like that was my name back in the day, and I just never changed it. And that's and that's where we're at here today. Now we're at here today. We just we're too lazy to change it. So you probably want I'll probably respond. Perfect. (laughs) Well, first off, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this is gonna be so much fun. I have no idea how, where this conversation is going to go, guys, to be quite honest with you. I don't either, but I'm just excited to get started. Yes. All right. So let's dive into this. Let's see. How do we know each other? Because I met you via, well, I heard about you through Catherine, who we've yeah. had on the show now yeah. twice. Uh, she was back on in season one, and now she was she was like the third or fourth person I interviewed for season two. She's awesome. She, she is awesome. She's one of my favorite people ever. Wow. Well, apparently Russell Brunson, too. Well, okay, but here's the deal. So how long ago was this now? Maybe two weeks ago. This is fresh. This is like Corona fresh. Okay. So about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I was in like the meltdown stage of isolation at home with three small children and homeschooling and all of this stuff. And I reached out to her because I had some stuff going on in my business, but it just was kind of, it was like the accumulation of all the things, right? And I reached, I called her, I FaceTimed her. So she knew it was important. This wasn't like a DM. This wasn't like a Voxer message. Hey, I can, straight can, up FaceTimed Okay, can, can we pause real quick for a second here? Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Let's, let, let's, guys, we got to give you a little context about Catherine. Catherine is way hard to get a hold of. <laughs> well, yes, that too. But way hard to get a hold of, right? Yeah. So like when you want to yeah. get a hold of Catherine, you either have to apparently FaceTime her or like... You send her an email, you DM her on Facebook, you DM her on Voxer, you DM her on Instagram, and you DM her assistant, and she might get back to you within an hour or two, all right? Otherwise, right. it's like two or three weeks. So just for context, she must have known it was important. Also, I think in 
general, like as humans, we have escalating senses of urgency right. in our way we communicate with For people, sure. right? Right, absolutely. Like, like, oh, I just got a question. Like I'd send her a box, right? But this was like, I need you right now. Right. So I FaceTimed her. She answered. I was floored. I didn't think she would answer. Anyway, long story short, I actually had to cut her off, even though I called her because I had another call coming in that I had to deal with, which was part of the reason I was upset. I joke you not, within the hour, she had a dozen cupcakes delivered to my front door. That's the kind of friend Catherine Jones is. Wow. during, During lockdown, like it was the best thing. I was just like, this is how you pick friends. Like you, you're up there, Catherine Jones. Yes. She, she, shout out to her. Um, she's the one that pushed me in the right direction and, and, um, pushed me over the edge to work with Katie Richardson, who has just, oh my gosh. Guys, if you're listening right now, Katie, well, I don't know when this is actually going to air, but at, at this current time, Katie is taking on two more clients. She has room for two. Um, Give her all of your money. Go take out a loan. <laughs> like seriously, like, like just go and do it. So um, shout out there. And so, so anyway, we, we get introduced through Catherine um, and I hear all these amazing things about you and how like you're amazing. And she's, you're one of her favorite people in the, yeah, you're one of her favorite people in the whole world. You were going to speak at her event. Still are question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I slash am. Yes. So, so tell us, who you are and what you do and why you're famous and awesome and amazing. I thought we were still going to talk about other people, which for some reason is always so much easier to do, right? We, we can, we, we can talk, we, we can talk about other people later. I'm sure we will, okay. but for now okay. we have to okay. get to know the context about the person we're talking with. I love it. Okay. I am a wife. I'm a mom of three. Um, I live in the burbs. So I'm one of those. I'm out in Katy, Texas, which is outside of Houston. And I love it because I have my big SUV and of course you do. So yeah, so that's, that's me. Um, and I am kind of an entrepreneur by default, I guess I should say. I was always entrepreneurial as a child, but I really suppressed it because that's kind of what I think society tells us to do. So I went to school, got really good grades. I went to college, I got a job, I got paid crappy, but I worked really hard, realized I was smarter than everyone else there. But it really wasn't until I had a daughter, my first daughter, my oldest, I now have three, that that I really started to question the choices that I had made and more importantly, why. Like why, how did I get here in this place of not being stoked with how my life is going? Um, And, and so I, you know, I revisited those entrepreneurial things I had done as a children. I used or as a child, I used to write children's books, like, and try to like sell them to my friends. I lived on a golf course growing up. I'm waiting for you to say, of course you did. Of course you did. In the suburbs. Of course you did. Um, But here's what I used to do. And I'm talking at like seven, eight years old. I used to go collect the balls that would get hit into our, um, like on our property by accident. And I would set up a shop on my side of the fence on the golf course. And I would sell them back. Back to them. That's literally the introduction to my book is this story about how I made hundreds of dollars as a seven-year-old. It started with golf balls, but then I started stealing beer and soda from my parents until they caught on. I made a lot of money that summer. So I I think I had these roots. I kind of had it in my blood, but again, I kind of suppressed it until it it became out of necessity, right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was like, I have to get out of the nine to five, but my young family, you know, I was 25 when I had my first child and our young family relied on two incomes, but I realized the nine to five wasn't working for me. And so I knew self-employment was the path to living a life that was going to be fulfilling and lucrative for me and my family. I just, when I started, I had no idea what that was going to look like. Hmm. 
That's super interesting. Um, and at, I mean, 25 years old is not, I wouldn't say that's young to have a child that by any, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I wouldn't I say that's it's geographical. So I'm curious where you were born and raised. Cause where I was, I was like the youngest of all my friends to get married and have kids by about five years. Really? Because really? like I have, I have friends that have kids at 19. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, nineteen and twenty. Where I'm from. That was not. That it, wasn't a thing. Right? That wasn't a thing. Okay, so you were you were the younger one. No. You, you, now I was young. Yeah. Now you're making me feel old, but well, yes, I was very young. Hey, Josh. hey, don't 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 <laughs> don't get hey don't get me wrong. Like I'm 26, and I kids are kids are a while away. So I I agree. You were the you were the younger one in the community there. So okay. Don't wait young long because in your 30s like you start to have like back pain and like life gets hard i'm just saying <laughs> hey listen my girlfriend says she wants to wait till 30 so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that decision to her because awesome. quite frankly quite frankly like i'll, I'll provide and she, she's the one that's got to go through it not me so i just su support her in any way that i can right um so okay so what what is the, your transition then into entrepreneurship look like actually like do this for me Tell us yeah. what you do now yes. and then like back up and like pick up that story and then like connect the dots of like how you got into leading into that. I love it. Okay. So now I run a million dollar company called The Free Mama. I have nine people on my team. Um, my main offer inside of my business is a 12 week program. I also have kind of coaching on the upside of that. I have a lower ticket membership. Um, and then, you know, some stuff in between, I do have a book. So I've, you know, I've got the free plus shipping book funnel and all that kind of fun stuff going on. Um, the mission of what I do really stems from kind of the story I was telling you earlier. And that's to make sure that no mother has to choose between family and financial stability. Mm. So what I teach is what I did. So I can connect the dots for you. I tried a lot of different things. I tried network marketing. I tried blogging. I tried surveys. I tried secret shopping. I always joke, if you've ever Googled how to make money from home, I have done it. Um, but it, for me, it wasn't until I found the world of freelancing, which for anybody who is a newbie, I'll just break it down for you. It's kind of like a job, except you're not an employee. So you're basically a service provider. Um, you can call yourself an entrepreneur, a small business owner. I'm not really one for all that stuff because I just think it's all semantics. Whatever makes you feel good and brings money in at the end of the day, go nuts, call yourself whatever. But for me, I, I referred to myself as a freelancer. Um, I started as a social media manager. I was a success story of the first iteration of Liz Benny, who is a success story of Russell Brunson, who you already mentioned. Um, so back in 2015, I bought Social Monkey Business, which was her first million dollar course. Mm. And that was supposed to teach you to start like a social media agency, which I had no desire to do. I just needed to make a couple thousand dollars a month so I could leave my job. That's how I started. I'm like, I got two babies now. I got to get home. That's what I'm doing. But as you probably know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do, we just don't know what we don't know. Like at this time in my life, I had never heard of a business coach. I had no idea. Like I had bought a course and yet for some reason, like it never crossed my mind that that was something I could do someday. Like I just, I wasn't ready for it, right? Like I was where I was. Um, and so follow the breadcrumbs for a few years. Turns out I was really good at freelancing. Um, and the one really big downfall that my family had was when we relocated from Kansas City to Houston. And I had been working with a lot of small brick and mortar businesses back in Kansas City. And when we moved as their social media manager, I can now no longer go in and get the assets I needed to market their business online. Mm. And I lost all of my clients, but one. Wow. I was 12 weeks pregnant with our third child. We moved to Houston, which if you've never been here, it's warm um, in June of 2016 and I was 12 weeks pregnant. 
it was, and I lost all my, I basically was starting my business over again. It was horrible. Like, like Corona almost is like easy compared to what that summer felt like in my world. Like it was really, really hard. Um, but again, I learned some stuff and like we do, we learn stuff usually through like the crappy stuff, right? Like the hard stuff is what teaches us. So I had gotten really good at freelancing. And when I moved down here, the, one of the first people I networked with was a business coach. And I was like, wait, that's a thing. I'm like, that's a job. Like people do that. I don't understand. And so I started working for her, but it was really one of those, like I just solved her problems. I'm like, what do you need help with? I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to learn because I saw so much potential. So I worked through this. I worked as a virtual assistant. I became her online business manager before I had ever even like, I didn't even know an online business manager was a thing, but I was doing it. And then all of a sudden I like saw it online one day and I'm like, oh, I do that. Like, that's a thing. Okay, cool. So I really learned a lot of different skills. I learned how to build click funnels, got paid for it from my clients. So I, I learned how to do all of these different things, edit podcasts, edit videos for her online course. So by the time all of these mom friends of mine started noticing what I was doing on social media and kind of coming through the woodwork, like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you a stay at home mom? Or are you making money? Like, I don't like, can you tell me how to do that? Like, I want to do that. And that's when I started getting all these light bulb moments of like, Oh my gosh, what if this whole free mama thing. Cause I'd already called myself that like the brand came before the business, the mission mm. came before the business. It's just when it started, it was about me. It was like, I needed to find this. I needed to figure out. And then I had kind of this moment in 2017 where it just, it flipped the mirror. Right. I was like, wow, this isn't about me at all. Like this has the ability to really impact millions of people's lives. Like this idea that you can sustain yourself yeah. as a service provider working from home. And the barrier for entry is really incredibly low. If you mm -hmm. have a computer, you have Wi-Fi. I guarantee you, if you are, because I work primarily with moms, if you've kept a human alive, you have basic <laughs> skills that an entrepreneur would pay you money for. Checking emails, booking appointments, like it's not rocket science. And then much like I did, you just kind of grow and evolve from there, but you can get paid to learn this stuff. Yeah. And I think job, connecting dots. Yeah, no, that's, that's super, that super enough. good. Yeah, no, no, that's super, super good. And I think one of the things that really struck out to me there that like right there at the end, right. Is like when you're first getting started as a freelancer, as a, you know, a free mama, as whatever, whatever you're doing, right. Yeah. Like a lot of times either a, the person that you're, that you're looking to become, well, in this case, let's say you, they're your client at this point, but like they're a business yeah. owner, right either a already has the systems and processes in place for you to step in and they just need someone to do it. Right. Yep. And what, what, right. And they're, what they're looking for is reliability and consistency and that you're going to do a good job. And I know this because I have hired many people like, you know, like for those type Absolutely. of positions and jobs. Right. And on the flip side, if they don't have that, if it is a newer entrepreneur, they're looking for someone that's basically just hungry and is willing to come in and figure it out. And so you just basically decide like, am I someone that wants to work with people that already have everything established? Or am I like kind of a go-getter and want to figure it out with them? And then you just kind of find the person. And I think people overcomplicate that a lot. It's like, oh my gosh, who am I? Like, let me tell you what, as the entrepreneur that has made over a million dollars that has worked with high, high level clients, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. And the, my clients that make millions of dollars are still trying to figure out what they're doing. Right. And it's just like, we're all just at different levels of the game. And yep. when you realize that, all of a sudden it becomes a much easier, like it's much easier to step in and actually be good at what you do. You know what I mean? 
Totally. Totally. Yeah. One of the things I love is the evolution of this game too. It's like, I think one of the things I see, especially with women, because again, that's, that's mainly who I'm working with and sure. in conversation with every day is they think everything has to be perfect or they have yeah. to know everything before they start. And it's like, it's kind of two different responses. Like for the, it has to be perfect. Well, guess what? Your version of perfect, even if that were attainable, might not be meeting their expectations because they might want something totally different. No better, no worse. Yeah. But different. So get better at communicating, get better at understanding people's expectations rather than this, this ideal of perfectionism that doesn't exist. And I love that you touched on this idea of figure it out because that's actually something I say in my course over and over. If you have a willingness to figure things out, you can be successful. Yeah. 100%. No one knows everything. No one. Well, it, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, what's funny is, is you say this, this definition of perfection, right? I just interviewed Alex Sharfin, who Alex yeah. Sharfin, business coach, talk about business coaching. I mean, he's coached Russell Brunson and Steve Larson and, you know, Brad Gibb and like big, big, you know, billion dollar companies even he's been his coach for. And he was like, the only type of business that's perfect is one that's closed. And if you ever achieve perfection in your, your work, then you no longer are needed, right? So it's right. like it's like you you want to build a business, you want to become a type of person that can take problems and fix them, and then go on to the next problem, and the next problem, and the next problem. And as Steve yep. Larson teaches, like whenever you sell someone something, you are selling them a solution to a problem, right? Whatever that thing is, right? Like, but you are also creating new problems, right? So it's like, hey, look, I just sold you a car. I solve the problem of, you know, you being able to commute somewhere or drive somewhere. But what other problems do you have? Well, you need to, to insure it, right? You need right. to a place to store it. You need to keep it clean. You got to change the oil. Right? All these are problems that you would have never had before until you had this thing. So it's like yeah. every time you do something, you go and create new problems. And going back to what you said of like trust in your ability to figure things out, have a willingness to learn and grow. And I think that that will solve, well, pretty much all your life problems. Absolutely. And I always, I think of myself, I was probably a really painful teenager to live with. Like I wasn't super naughty, but like we weren't perfect, but we got good grades, but we had a mouth, right? You know what I'm saying? I was that, I was that teenager. Yeah. So I was a little lippy. And I think part of it is, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, I think I thought I knew everything. I've got it figured out. I don't need my parents anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm ready to go. Like, you know, you think you know everything. And now it's like every, I'm getting ready to celebrate a birthday on Monday. And every, like, it's like every year I get older, every new thing we start in my business, every time I hire stuff, it's like, I realize I know less and less every time I learn something new. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're just starting, you think you got to know it all. You got to know every software. You got to know you got to know how you got to know step 34 before you take step number two. Like you think you got to know it all, but I think as soon as you do know it all or you, that's not possible. But as soon as you think you do, you kind of lose too, because you're not going to continue to grow and evolve. Yeah. I think that me, I find it fun now. Like now it's almost like addicting. Like I find personal development and setting goals and accomplishing goals, making myself really uncomfortable, right? Like three years ago, um, four years ago, when I went on a podcast, I used to get so nervous. Like I would sit down 30 minutes in advance. I'd be super nervous. When I first started doing Facebook lives, like three years ago, I thought I was going to wet my pants. I was so nervous. Now I don't even think about it, but because of that, I'm constantly like, Ooh, what really freaks me out? Hmm. A three day live event. I've never even done a one day. Let's just go for three. That was last fall. I was terrified, but I loved it. It's like adrenaline. I'm like, what else can I, and I, and I always, I want to be clear too. Like I always apply it to that benefits my audience, right? right like right. Mm. scary thing that I can push myself towards that even though it makes me nervous, I know that it will 
help a lot of people. Yeah. And it does, it's kind of addicting. I don't know if you've experienced that. But oh, I'm, for I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think it's one of those things too, when you are doing it for the right intention, which, you know, you talk totally. about your audience, right? Uh, my coach, your coach, Katie, you know, she always says, she's like, it's Josh, like how you show up will determine the outcome, right? Like how you show up to it will determine the outcome. And just kind of, and that people will feel your energy. The world, the world will literally move to bring your dreams, your goals into fruition. If, if you show up appropriately. Right. And so when you go and you go, I'm going to host this three day event, or I'm going to do this thing that I've never done before with the right intention and with keeping, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. You have to be good and you have to like do the work and you have to have a plan and you like all those things have to be in place. But when you do it with the right intention, the, the magic of it all, that's, what's going to show up there that, it, and you can't plan that magic, right? Like the magic is just, you need either, if it's just you, it's the way that you show up. And if it's, you know, your team is involved, how they show up and like cultivating that culture and that team, like that's where the magic happens. And that's what makes your unique thing separate and different than you know everything else and what will inevitably grow you I, I i love that and i think that's scaring like once you have that first taste of success and for me it was that it was that moment of like once i learned how to sell things i was like mm -hmm. oh i know how to make money right like all of a sudden <laughs> like the, all of a sudden this became it's like my my bank account is no longer tied to my boss's paycheck right like the, the, right. and so i was like if yeah. i mess up if i fail or whatever like yeah like i always feared debt growing up right debt was this big huge bad scary thing of you know because mm -hmm. I, we grew up with lots of debt and yada yada right but then mm -hmm. i was like well if i lose five thousand dollars that's super super scary but if i know that i can just go make five thousand dollars like yeah it might be more work but like i don't have to be scared of this anymore right Right. And so once oh, I had that like shift, so right. Once I had that shift, it was like this, okay, now I can go out and do things, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, no, I've completely experienced exactly what you're talking about. I, I remember, you know, four or five, six years ago, hearing the Liz Bennies, the Russell Brunson's always talking about this idea of you guys making money is easy. And I just remember being like, screw you Yeah, guys. screw you, exactly, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are you and what the hell are you saying? And now like, I'm one of them and I hate it. Cause I always say it, like when I do say it, first of all, I always quote them cause I can hear them saying it. But I think, I think people need to hear that it is possible, therefore it is possible for you. But you have to do, cause it really is, it's not, some of it's business, some of it's strategy, some of it's marketing. Like I didn't study any of this stuff in school. Like I, R Russell's books that you can see over here taught me most of what I know, but I do think I am, I am naturally inclined to being a good marketer for sure. But I think until you have that moment that you were talking about, Josh, where you, you do it and you prove it for yourself and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like everything changes. Yeah. I, like, I, I remember that moment in my own, my own yeah. And I think the other thing too, is like, you know, you say, Hey, I, I, I think I'm naturally inclined to be a good marketer, right? Like I'm naturally inclined to be good at people, good with people, right? Like I am yeah. not, like I am a natural, yeah. like, where does, where am I, where do I perform best? If you're like of anything, it's like, put me on a stage in front of a thousand people with no script last minute and just give me a topic <laughs> and say, go. Right. That's and it's the same. Right. And it's like, <laughs> All right, here we go, baby. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Whereas some people that would just right. like freak Fair out, life. terrified, literally hand me a gun and I like I would rather kill myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like some people are literally that scared of it, right? But 
what you have to understand though is it's like we each have our own thing that we're good at and so like yeah. the beginning stages may be way harder for you but once you get past that, like the next part might just like soar through. I, I have this one friend who he he was a freelancer for a long time, actually, right? He's like, I can't figure out my niche. I can't figure out my thing or whatever. And like, I'm just not good with people. I'm an introvert, blah, blah, blah. And it took him like three years. And then like about that third year, he found the thing that he was good at and he got past that initial hump. And he went from yeah. like step two to step 10 in like three months where it takes everybody else like three years to do that process. Right. And it's like, so yeah. you, you got to know that like your strengths are your strengths and the things yeah. that you're bad at. Like once you figure out how to go over them, like you, we each have our own unique thing that makes us good. Like a lot of the things that I'm good at actually prevent me from doing things that I need to be doing. And so I need to learn like those things. So like, if you aren't a naturally inclined marketer, if you're not naturally inclined to sales, number one, know that. And I, and I, if there's one thing that I believe about entrepreneurship and success or whatever, I 1000% believe, believe that smart is a learned skill. Like you can learn how to be smart. And so if you, if you commit and you apply to whatever that thing is, you will eventually get over the hump or the wall of whatever it is that you're facing. And at some point, the 75% of stuff that you're good at that you don't realize is important right now, all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, that's where all this fits in. And you're going to get past that one barrier that sets everything else in motion. It's going to completely change your whole life. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And also I kind of want to argue with you. Okay, please. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Like I think when, it, okay. So one of the things that I talk about a lot is, is probably not as common among men conversation, but this is a very common in the news, like mainstream conversation of this idea of like, can you have it all, right? Can like, you have it all, yes. Can you have it all, yes. And it, just for the record, I believe you can have it all. However, I think where we've gone wrong as a society is two things. Number one, defining what that means. Mm. To me, it's not about the mansion and the Lamborghini. That like, that's not having it all because I don't want those things. So I think it's knowing what you want, right? Like you have to be really clear on what it is that you want. But I believe you can have a successful career, a healthy, happy marriage, and children that you actually see. Yes. I believe it's possible. I'm living my life that way, right? I think the other big thing is that you can't have it all by doing it all. So that's kind of that. But to go back to your part about you can learn to be smart, it's the same thing. What does being smart mean, right? Because I know a lot of like really book smart people, like they're very intelligent, but it's almost like their intelligence gets in their way mm -hmm. of making strategic decisions that get them closer to where they want to be. So that's where I was feeling argument. I'm like, yeah, cool. You can learn to be smart. Like meaning yes, growth mindset. You can learn new things. You can grow and evolve. But like why... I guess I'm just really, I'm someone who's very big on beginning with the end in mind. Before we even started recording, what did I say to you? I said, hey, who are we talking to? Like, I got to know how to channel this conversation. Like, I always start with the end in mind. So but, I guess my thing is for but, everybody listening, like, yeah, oh, oh you want to argue? I, I'm going to argue with you, of course. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a debater. Like, I could argue all day. But like, okay, like, so. I have no formal training in debate whatsoever, but I did do forensics. So okay, that. so perfect. <laughs> well, I, I don't have formal training in debater. I've just done about 500 interviews in my life. So, and and my, and I grew up in a very conservative Christian household that was like, you must know why you believe what you believe. You must be able to give an answer oh, for everything. Okay. Like, did, I strike a did I strike a nerve? No, I mean, okay. I mean, I, I, I loved, I loved debating. But my, my question with you is this: so, like, 
you didn't know what you didn't know when you got started and you didn't know and you didn't know to start with the end in mind your whole life and you didn't know what you wanted everything you learned those things and so you got smarter always intentional i do think i've always been intentional of like this is my goal and that and my actions are in alignment with that goal okay so let me ask you for the person that is not naturally inclined to, to okay. live the life that you are, that is not naturally inclined to start with the end in mind, that has no yep. concept of that. Do yep. you believe that that's a learnable skill? Oh, totally. And yes. so, and so yes. that, and, and so I like, yes. my point in saying is, is like, I, like, I grew up in a household where $12 an hour was a lot of money, where debt was a bad thing, where you needed to save your way to success. You work, you pay your dues, you work 60 years. And that was my entire mindset and frame of mind. I had no marketing okay. skills, no business skills, yeah. no, right. So like I'm all for growth mindset that you can change right, that that you can get. But I think what got me, Josh, is are, are you in the ClickFunnels group? I don't think you are. Oh, of in course the ClickFunnels mastermind. In the mastermind? Oh no no no, no I'm not in the mastermind. No, no, I don't know what the no, no, no. Are yeah yeah yeah. I just give Russell Brunson all my money. Let's there be you serious. Go. There okay. You go. So in one of those groups, I've been in. This is my second year now. Okay, and he's not the only coaching program I've been in. I'm usually in like three at a time because I just like to buy my friends, as I like to say. So. I'm in this group and there's so much content, as you know, right? Russell, I think is, I think he's the best marketer, but he's just like my internet hero, right? So, so much content, so much stuff to learn where I I agree with what you're saying that you can always learn new things. I believe in a growth mindset. However, something that I've witnessed so many entrepreneurs doing is learning for the sake of learning without implementation. For sure. Right. It's like, oh, I have to consume all this stuff. And it's almost like we hide behind the learning. And I did this early in my journey too, right? Like I spent a whole year watching webinars because I was like, oh, I have to like, like if I watch that one, then I'm going to learn the one thing that's going to give me the confidence or the permission or the whatever to actually put myself out there and do this damn thing. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we're, I think we're a, agree on, on most of it. I think we might, we might differ on the articulation of it. Right. I got you. It's semantics. Yeah. Yeah. Be smart. I got you. Yeah. And (laughs) and, and like, my thing is, is like, you're, if you're just like learning is not smart. Like learn, learning doesn't, learning doesn't, like learning doesn't make you smart. Right. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those things where I'm like, you're not being smart. If you spend 80% of your time learning and 20% of your time doing nothing. And you know, then, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, like you when I say smart is a learnable skill, I had no idea how to spend my time, but I learned how to spend my time properly. I learned where to put my energy properly. And so I think that's my big thing. Now, where I I don't think, and maybe we do agree on this, but certainly not how you presented it. I absolutely don't think you can have it all because I think you can have, Ah. but here's the thing. I think we may agree. I believe you can have anything you want, but you can't have it all, right? So so, that's my point. And and, and as I- and yeah. I th- and I th- and I think that w- yeah. once you clarify that and said, well, that means like we have to define what that is. I'm like, yeah. you. I, I interviewed. Do you know who Phil Jones is? He wrote the book um, oh. Exactly What to Say, uh, Exactly How to Sell, Exactly Where to Start. Seven time off. I mean, like, oh my goodness. The, the dude's th- 37. I think he's done 2,500 professional presentations. Consulted like 800 wow. billion dollar companies. Like, I mean, like. So, so what are you doing, Josh? I know, like, what am I doing in my life? Like, seriously, I get up, done with them. And the guy's like, just a super genius, like real smart. And he's uh-huh. like, what people need to understand is that we do have capacity. Like we, we have a yeah. limit to things. And so you have to define what it is that you want. And like, I love yeah. what you said there. It's like, yes. And I did a, I did a presentation 
um, at the Pre-Funnel Hacking Live Mastermind like two years ago. And yes. I, I sat this down. I was like, in order to get somewhere, you have to know what you're, where you're going. And in order to yeah. build a business, you have to know what you're building. In order to have the life you want, you must first start with defining what it is that you actually do want, right? You begin with the end of my, we're talking the same right, thing. Right, we are. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, like, but where I think my, my thing is, and, and I'm not in any way inferring that this is not true for you at all. I'm just saying like, I, to me, it is very important to look at the definition and meaning of words because I believe words are power and words are important, right? So when people say things that are like, I, I know what they're saying, but I'm like, if someone were to take you very literally with what you said right there and were to actually go study and look at it, that could be a very bad thing. Not you specifically, but like in just in general, in a lot of what people say, right? Like, oh yeah, you could totally, but, and I'm guilty of this as well. But like, this came up, are you into politics at all? I try not to be. Okay, so. Can I, I was actually a political science major in college. But yet you stay out of it, probably very wise because I, it's just. It's I, a, I honestly do because it brings me down and I have plenty of other things that bring me up and bring me money and politics is not one of them. And so that's. Out of it. And that's beautiful. <laughs> and I love that. But one of the things that where, where this really became evident to me was I love discussing politics. I love discussing worldviews. I love discussing money. Like I, controversy could be my middle name. I'm not even kidding you. Right. Like, but controversy for the sake of I have strong right. opinions and I believe right. that my opinions are right. Not because I think I am smart, but because I change my opinions based on facts, right? So I literally, I go, I look at the facts, I look at the logic behind everything and I understand there's this emotional side of it, but I'm like, we have to look at the definition of words. So when people, like they'll come at me and like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big, like I'm pretty big libertarian, honestly, but like I've, I've been pretty vocal up until the coronavirus hit. Like I've been pretty vocal by support for Trump and like things like that where some people are like, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nope, if we look at de word definitions, if we look at this, if we look at this and they're like, well, you're not caring about, and they'll spell And I will literally take their sentences in front of them. I will break them down. I will go look up the dictionary definition of their words and I will paste them. And then I will deck up the defin dictionary definitions of my words and I will paste them. And I will say, now who's really truly right here, right? And I'm like, it has nothing to do with me. This has to uh, actually- Have you ever changed anyone's mind? Absolutely, for sure. Really? Okay. Yes, because, but oh. be because I do it in a very loving way. I am not like, I'm right, you're wrong. I say, listen, okay. I am genuinely going to ask a question here. I want to genuinely see your side of the issue here. Then I say, listen, do you want to change your wording? Like, is there a better way that you could communicate this? And typically speaking, when they go and do that, and this typically happens in one-on-one, -on -one, not arguing on Facebook, but like one-on-one, -on -one, <laughs> they'll go and they'll be like, oh, okay, I understand where you're coming from now. It forces them to actually think. So that was my only thing with that is like, we have to be very careful of the the definitions. Like I was I was um, debating one time with um, she's not my coach, not not Katie, but one of my former coaches. And I was mm -hmm. like, should I use the word strategy or should I use the word framework or should I use the word system? Like what best? To, he's like, just pick one. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, it definitely matters, right? Because it matters because those those are three different it things. Different thing. right. right. And so like you know. So anyway. The, I, I, I do love arguing and discussing and debating things, but so we'll, we'll put all in quotations as a concept that there you is go. as opposed to the word all as in owning, having, owning, purchasing all the things. Are yes. we cool? Now we're cool. Yes. Look at this. Okay. Now, now, now we're so good. Now we're so good. I wanted 
say though, and I don't know that I have done the, enough research or preparation to actually get into this conversation, but I might need to come back in the future after I have time to do that. Cause I would love to hear you talk about religion, knowing that mm. you, your opinions off of facts, whereas religions I believe are something man-made based on feelings and beliefs and 100%. some historical information. So I'm just, yeah, I, I'm so, like, I want to poke the barrel. Please, please, please. Do. <laughs> I could, so I did a, I did a three hour, you, you actually, if you ever have time and like want to go down a rabbit hole of like listening to me defend to. my beliefs, I sure. did a, do you know who Nick, Nick Robbins is? No, but you're giving me all these. I need to like write this down. Okay. So Nick, Nick Robbins, uh, he runs an agency, uh, multi seven figure agency, super smart dude in the medical space. Um, his girlfriend is Sema um, or Zoke. I don't even know how to pronounce her last name, but like ran all of like Steve Larson's ads, Dan Henry's ads for a while, like stuff like that. So like in this world, super smart dude, super genuine. Right. But like, I run I'm, my own traffic. So uh, that's why I don't know who this There you is. go. So, <laughs> well, so I, he and I had a three hour long podcast the episode that we did on God three hours it went and it was I I'm a Christian I believe I believe in God but I have a very unique I have a very unique uh approach to Christianity and God right like it is I am not your hey go to church on Sundays and read your Bible and memorize your stuff and you're gonna get to heaven and do good like like I'm very relationship based I'm very much like I think God speaks to everybody differently I'm not 100% convinced that the Bible is 100% true because of translation like I have a very interesting approach to it but mm. he on the other hand believes in some form of spiritual being perhaps up there but it would be more agnostic uh approach to to things anyway so it's a fascinating thing if you want to hear me discuss my yeah beliefs. I'd love to I will say this in, when it comes to religion, you use logic and you use facts based on as much as you can. And then there are things that you have to accept by faith. And when you accept things by faith, I believe that in, in religion, there are four key questions that you need to answer. And if you look at those four key questions, if you can answer those four key questions, I believe that you have then gone and been able to you know, in, interpret what is ultimately going on best in the world. And so I believe that while no religion we can know truly is true or wrong. I, I actually know that, right? The reason that I believe in Christianity, the reason I believe that in the God that I do is because I believe that my worldview or my belief in my religion best answers these four questions because in, I believe we're the only religion that has these four questions answered in congruence with one another where they do not con contradict one another. And so when you do that like that, so I actually have a very logical approach to, some, right, to, to something where I know that that, it is accepted by faith. I can't prove, right, these things. And I choose to accept that because of a logical element of that. So anyway, yeah. That was so. nice, that was good. I'm yeah. gonna go check it out. Yeah, you'll, ha you'll have to, it, it's it's super good. I'm very, it's like one of those things where I'm super passionate about knowing, I believe that you have to learn how to think, you have to know what you believe and I, you have to know why you believe it. If I don't care what you believe, I, I truly don't. If you're an atheist, great. But you better be able to tell me why you believe what you believe and if you can defend that, if you can back that up, and I think the same is true in business, I don't care what you teach, but you better know, there better be a reason that you're teaching that. There better be a reason that you're doing things the way that you're doing things. Make sense? Yeah. Totally. I love it. I'm on board with this. I love it. All right. Okay. So I, I want to kind of shift back into the business world a little bit here um, and oh. like kind of back to what you're doing. How old are your children? 
my children, we've had two Corona birthdays. Our third will be on Monday. Um, so now eight, six, and three. Okay, eight, six, and three. So, <laughs> so you're, yeah, you're right in the thick of, of yep. all of that. So I have six younger siblings. Um, okay. And I have one older brother who passed away uh, last year. So I, I, I'm the oldest uh, living now. And it's been interesting to me to see how, well, just kids in general interact with entrepreneurial parents. So yeah. how do you, how do you teach your children about like business and what you do specifically? Like, I know they're still at a young age, but like, how do you yeah. see that? Because like, do you like, Hey, you need to be entrepreneurs. You need to do this or like whatever. Or like, do you teach mm -hmm. them more of like a framework of like, Hey, you have a choice. Like, how do you go and oh. teach what you do to them? Yeah. So there's like a couple quick things I think I'll touch on. Number one, my eight-year-old daughter has read my book. So that's kind of cool. Um, so is, she definitely is it kind of cool or is it kind of intimidating? No, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Like, okay. It's kind of cool. Okay. Like I think she thinks I'm cool. Ooh. And like, but like I can't try because like as soon as a parent tries to be cool. What's so interesting, and I know you're not a parent yet, Josh, but like, do you just remember being about seven, eight years old and looking at your parents and being like, they're just old. Like, yeah. not like your parents old, like they're like really old, but like your parents were old, right? right. And I'm like, my, like, my kids look at me and think I'm old, but I'm like, I still got it. Like, right. I still wear the same size I did before all three of you were born. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I think I look good and I still got it. Like, I can't stay up late, but like, I'm relatively, like, I'm with it, sort of, probably not. But anyway, like, it's just, it's so fascinating because it just goes to show that all through life, business and otherwise, like, all we have is our own perspective, right? Like, that's all we've got. And like, I thought my parents were old, but now to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, my parents are so young and they're like in their mid sixties, but I know my kids look at them and think they're ancient, like to them, like, cause I remember thinking my grandparents were ancient. So perspectives, everything. I do think my daughter thinks I'm cool. So since we've been homeschooling in, in KDISD where we live, the teachers have been pre-preparing lessons and putting them on YouTube. So they're not meeting with their teachers live, but they're still kind of teaching the lesson. Nice. And then it's up to the parent to help them implement the lesson and do the homework, right? So because we've been on YouTube a lot, and like you mentioned, I have a YouTube show. So what's been happening is every time my kid's lesson ends and it goes to the checkerboard of the next video you should watch, my face is popping up, sometimes multiple times. And my daughter keeps seeing it and she's always commenting. And so something, it's not really a complex. I don't think it's bad. I don't think she fully understands what it means. So this is where the parenting comes in, right? Like we need to answer their questions and kind of groom them and manage expectations and all of that is at, like, she's obsessed with being famous. Mm. Like she, because I think she thinks I'm famous and in my little corner of the internet of a Facebook group of 27,000 people, I might be, but in the world, I'm not really a big deal. Right. 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 So to her, she sees mom's face on YouTube, which she would love to go watch if she had permission, which she doesn't. Right. And so I'm a big deal. So that's the framework we're working in with her. I would say my, my six and three-year-old don't really care. They know I work from home. They know we have boundaries. Like when the doors are closed, I get the office when the doors are closed, like don't come in. Although the three-year-old sometimes that's, that's hard for her. She's right, three. Right. Right. Um, you know, I think here's the deal. And any parents watching know this kids do what we do, not what we say. Yeah. <laughs> so like they do what we do. So for example, my older two will 
sit and make bracelets or they will color cards or whatever. Like on the weekend when my husband are like, you guys need to go play. Like we gave you each other. We made more than one of you yeah, right. <laughs> to go play with each other, like entertain each other. That's why you exist. Right. And then like an hour later, we will find them on the curb of the driveway selling them. So they're definitely like, they're doing a lot of the mm. things I did when I was little I don't, I don't discourage it. I wouldn't say I encourage it. I try to manage it. I don't try to control it. I try to manage it. So yeah. for example, like, like sometimes Daphne will be, my oldest will be so excited. To, she'll just like run through the house and grab some stuff. And like some of it's like trash and she'll go to the curb with her poster she made of like 25 cents. And so then I'll come out and I'll talk to her and I'll be like, Hey, as a business owner, you need to make sure that you're selling pe things that people will actually want. So well, let's, yeah. let's talk about how can you create something more valuable? So we've started the conversations. I mean, knowing Catherine, who we spoke about at the beginning of this show, like I would love when Daphne's maybe 11, 12, like a few more years, get her a little, a little bit older. I would love to get her in CF design school. Yeah. Like I think just giving her some of those foundational skills and showing her that she would be capable. You know, someone else I love who I think you may have had on the show before is Allison Prince. Yeah. And, and by the way, we've had Liz Benny on the show as well. Liz Benny and Allison Prince. So yeah. Yeah. Link to all these episodes. I'm sure they're amazing. So one of Allison's big things, obviously, and one of her big selling points is like, my kids paid for college doing this thing I teach. Like that has definitely planted some seeds because I was very a product of society. Yeah. I worked very hard. I was like top 10 in my class in high school. I worked my tail off. I got good grades. I did all the things you're supposed to do, yeah. right? Where did it land me? It landed me working overtime almost every day with a job that paid me $30,000 a year and being pissed off every day by the time I got home from school being overwhelmed or I worked at a school that didn't make sense. Probably I was working at a school. So by the time I got home from school, a $30,000 a year paying job, my family got my leftovers and my husband came dead last. Self-care was non-existent. And I felt like crap all the time. I felt guilty. Yeah. That's where that got me. So it's hard in my own experience, not to want to send my kids on a different path but I'm also a product of my parents and going back to religion, just to tie this whole thing together. I didn't grow up in a religious family. And a part of that from my parents came from both of them as children had it shoved down their throats, mm. like aggressively. And so, you know, as parents, we kind of do either like what we liked that our parents did, or we do the opposite. opposite because we right. So like, we didn't go to church growing up because my parents thought that it should be something that you choose, that you get, you yeah. learn about and you make a decision and you choose to do it, not something that's forced on you. Yeah. And again, just that's where I came from. Right. Spoiler, I also, I was a theology minor in college. So you can mm. tell I'm like, kind of like, I'm like, I had to learn about politics and theology because we just didn't talk about this stuff. I'm like, yeah. somebody educate me, right? And so it's, I feel the same way about entre entrepreneurship. Mm. I want my children to know what's possible. I want them to see the path that I ultimately chose. And my husband's pretty entrepreneurial as well. I want them to believe that they're capable of doing it because at least working with women, that's what I see holding a lot of people back. They don't actually have the confidence that yeah. they can do it. Yep. Nope. And 100%. Those are the things I, I, that's what I want to equip my children with. And if, whether they decide to go to college or not, you know, we've got 529s or whatever those are just to be smart in case they go. But if they don't, you know, Five years ago, I would have told you that that was not acceptable. Even as a parent, I would have hmm. said that, like, of course they're going to college. Hmm. But now 
I'm a little like, I don't know. I feel like we could save a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like I just say, so ultimately I think as a parent, you want your kids to be happy. You want them to be successful, but I think success has different meanings. And to me, success doesn't just mean I want my my kids to grow up and have multi-million dollar companies. It means I want them to have a happy balance between being able to take care of themselves and provide for themselves and live a good full life and have a family if they choose and you know, all of those things. So it's, it's complicated, I guess, is my short answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's super fascinating. Um, so I did not go to college. I, I started one semester and um, about two thirds of the way through, I stood up in the middle of class because my professor was yelling at me and was like, you're here because you want to be successful in life. And I was like, no, that's not. And he's like, the, why are you here? And I was like, I actually, I have no idea. So I got up and stood up. I said, I quit, walked out, canceled all my classes and left and never went back. So like wow. that, that's my college experience. Right. Um, and um, so like, I admire that though honestly like when I think back and I hate that I have to think back to when I was in college because apparently it was longer ago than I'd like to admit we got a decade it's good but like when I think back I don't think and it wasn't a lack of confidence that wouldn't have me have have had me do that I think I still truly believed that it was a requirement to get like I really think I was that indoctrinated in the belief system that I could go financially and, and educationally, therefore I should go and, and not just go, but, but go and be involved and get good grades and, and know my counselor. I mean, right. I just, I'm kind of an all in high achieving person. And I think that's benefited me in business, but I, th- I had a lot, I had a lot of growing and developing to do, I think in my twenties to get to a path that was my path, yeah. not traditional path. Yeah. And, and I think when we talked about this a lot on the show before, but I think what you alluded to there is like most people don't know that they yeah. don't have to go. Like they, it's like not even an option. It's like, Oh wait, you didn't go to college. Like if you didn't go to college, you were like a poor income person that like couldn't afford it. Right. Like, yeah. but like if you could afford it or had the ability to go, if like, if you wanted a good life, you go to college. And right. like, I mean, really is that's I think that's what I believed right honestly. and that's why I think most people believe in society because it's we've been programmed for that way I thankfully had parents who were I mean don't get me wrong like I disagree with my parents on a tremendous amount of things well maybe not tremendous <laughs> amount on, 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 on a lot of things right but like props to my parents for doing a lot of things right like my parents instilled really good values into me values of hard work values of being honest values of being like ethical to people right like like really good things and number two I'm sure my parents were worried sick about me when I, you know, left college or had no idea what I was going to do with my life and just trying to figure things out or whatever. But like they were supportive and they were like, hey, look, like you don't have to go to college, but like just have a plan. Right. Like and we'll love you no matter what. But like, hey, maybe you should think about like what you're going to do if this is not the route that you're going to take. Right. And my parents didn't have money to send us to school. Right. So it was all on our own dime. And so it was like one of those things where we're like, Hey, we're not paying for it. So we're really not going to tell you what to do with your life and your money. And thankfully it worked out. Right. And like, you know, so I, I think that like teaching your children how to make decisions and how to interact with people and just like core good values of being a good human being are like the yeah. things. And, you know, for me, you know, I, how to make moral decisions and think for themselves. Like, I think that's where we need to focus on. And I think college, I mean, I've been pretty vehemently opposed to college for, for most entrepreneurs. I think college fails entrepreneurs, but like, I think college is just like, if you treat college like an online course, 
and you go, oh, look, I could choose a bad college and get a terrible degree. Or I could choose a great college and get a great degree, depending upon what I want to do. You got to first ask yourself the question of what the heck do you actually want to do with your life, right? And if college makes sense, then great, go for it. But like, and I think that's a big problem in this country that you can even compare to other places in the world, you know, where there's like the gap years where you join the military or you serve the country in some way. Like, I have no idea at 18 years old right. what the hell I need to do with my like life. What? Like, not even close. Like, I was like, maybe I'll go to law school because like, I just, all I know is going to school. Literally, that was like where the poli side came from was I was interested. I really like, I, it was, it was something I thought I could study for four years and not get sick of, which was true. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, well then like, maybe I'll go to law school that like, cause I don't know what comes next. So why not just go to more school? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, and, and so I think there's a lot of what well, I will be fascinated to see genuinely is with coronavirus and not knowing if schools are going to open up in the fall. One of the few news things I have kind of been aware of is what's happening with enrollment at certain institutions. And I know a lot of of colleges have been going out of business recently as a result of this, right? And this change to going online and can they handle it? And I will be interested to see if this pandemic changes culturally, at least in the United States, the number of people who choose to go to college. I certainly hope so. I, I hope, do too. Like, I man, really do. I just, it makes me so mad how many people get screwed when they go to college. Oh, like, okay, so can I just marketer yeah, thing? Because yeah, you'll like this. Okay, so I sell a 997 course because I'm a product of Russell Brunson okay. and I have a as we all are and, God bless Russell and it's amazing and you know what it changes women's lives it really really does right but here's the deal one of the thing I get on my ads as all of us do who have a thousand dollar course is like this is so expensive or this is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous this costs way too much right all these things which I know is where they're at and their perspective whatever but every time it happens Josh the first thing I want to write back is expensive compared to, to what compared to your university. I'm like, you think I'm an evil <laughs> internet marketer? Universities and colleges are some of the most manipulative marketers on the face of the earth. And like, you can't, you can't even money. declare bankruptcy. You're stuck with it for your life. It's a hundred thousand uh, dollars. It's interest that accrues. Like we're like, Hey, pay nine ninety seven, and if it was a scam in the first fourteen days, guess I'll what? Give you we your we money. even have your money back, right? Like it's like what? And uh, I don't get to talk about this. I don't get to talk about that. It's so that little thing very often, but okay. it's, it's infuriating, right? It's, I'm like, listen, I can teach you how to make between thirty and a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you give me one thousand dollars, or you can go spend a hundred thousand dollars, and you'll make thirty. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, I hate the play. I hate the game. Like, right. come on. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm curious. Okay. So since you brought up the ad comments, I have to ask, right? Yeah. Because, because, okay. So you're like blonde, good looking, younger, like, like, okay. So I'm, fr I'm friends with, I'm friends with, well, no, but like, so I'm friends with like Rachel Peterson, right? Who she, and she talks about all the time, like how much hate she would get on her ads, right? Because she's yeah. a blonde, young, younger woman, right? So do you experience a lot of hate and stuff on your ads for being that? Or like, hey, you're a floozy. Hey, you're a whatever, or not No, really. but I only market to women. So I'm really okay. curious mm. who's hating on her, if it's men or women. Um, I I, and I don't know. I've never talked to Rachel about it. Yeah. Um, no, I... <laughs> I, mine mostly is once they watch the webinar, it's amazing how many people have, are at such a place in their life. Cause I, I know it's about them, not about me. And yeah, I, hundred percent. and it, it honestly, it used to hurt. It did. Like when I first started, like 
you don't build a business thinking people are going to talk shit about you. Right. Yeah. Right. Right, not right. really prepared for that. And yeah. so when it first started, luckily at that time, I was still coaching with Liz Benny. So she lifted me up and gave me perspective and it was great. But now I honestly, I usually end up feeling really sad for them. Like it makes me feel sad yeah. because I'm like in such a place that I can't help them right now. They're not ready to receive it. And I mm. hate that because I know that they're going to stay stuck. Yeah. So now yeah. I usually just like, it makes me feel really sad, but I get lots of, lots of tap. Apparently I have like a really common face. Like what were they called? Like the doppelganger, whatever. Oh, the doppelgangers, yeah. Daily, someone tags someone else. is like, oh my God, I thought this was you. Like every day. And so oh, I will also funny. tell you though, I, my, so I work with moms. Um, like 99% of my students are moms. And so my best performing ads all the time to the extent that I don't even test it anymore is a makeup list selfie with my children. Mm. They don't need to see me polished. They don't like that does not work for, for my audience because they need to know and I mean, I'm like literally in jean shorts and a teeth. Like this is who I am, right? right? And right. so there's nothing disingenuous about it. Honestly, it's easier for me. And so I think just because it's such a casual pick, I don't know if it just, anyway. But so I get that a lot. Most of mine has to do, and it hurts because I know it's not true. It has to do with taking advantage of people. Mm. Like if you really wanted to help moms, why wouldn't you give us this for free is what I hear the most. Yeah. And it sucks because it's like in a week, the vast majority of what I do is free. Like I, I pour my blood, sweat and tears and it costs money to produce my YouTube show. I have a podcast. Like I go live on my Facebook group every week. I spend an hour every day answering comments. Like I'm an open book. There's no secrets. Will my 997 course be a layout that gets you from A to Z faster? Yes. That was intentional. That's why I built it. But like, I'm not going to not answer your questions. And so I think it on a personal level, it hurts because it's like, if you, if you spent five seconds looking into this and not just coming here to hate, you would see that actually everything you needed was right in front of you right. for free. Yep. But that's not where they're at. And so I no, I don't get a whole lot of like you blonde skank or whatever. Like, no, <laughs> nobody said that. Well, well, that's good. That's uh, good. So you have to do actually, that. I've been, apparently I look like Julia Roberts in Facebook ads. There you go. That's not, and no one had ever told me that before. So people, women are usually very nice about my appearance, which I guess is good. Um, but I've, I've been told that I'm a pretty heartless person. So that's, that's, they go straight, straight for the heartless. The deep, oh man. Stuff, I get good. called heartless all <laughs> the time. People think I am just the devil when I talk about because I'm a big personal responsibility person right I'm like yeah I am too right? I think that's that conservatism by the way like it's... being a poli sci major like it, that's kind of our belief system is that because I share that with you in terms of that like not not I'm a conservative I'm a liberal liberal right no, no right. I know Shane. the like w- the purpose of government like we're going into political theory you guys right. but I'm the same as you like show up be it's what we talked about earlier how are you successful in entrepreneurship or freelancing be resourceful. Have a willingness yeah. to figure it out. No one's going to drop a million dollar business in your lap. It's not going to happen. Like, well, and the, <laughs> but, and my point with all always with it is is that guys like if you just take personal responsibility f- for your life, like you actually can do anything that you want. It's like the most freeing thing ever when you like go and you. I, I, one of my first podcast episodes that I ever did was called "Everything Is Your Fault." And I like I approach every every problem in my life like anything. I'm like this is my fault, right? Like even if it's not my fault, I'm like if I if I approach it as it's my fault, then I give myself the power to change it. 
right? But if I go, this is somebody else's problem. It's somebody else's problem that I'm broke. It's somebody else's problem that I am in a bad relationship. It's somebody else's problem that I don't have a successful business, that I'm depressed, whatever. Then you literally rob yourself of the ability to change your situation. And like, I know a lot of people don't believe or realize that they have the power to change the situation. But if like, let's even pretend that they're like, let's assume you were right. Like being negative about it, blaming somebody else about it, actually doesn't change anything so like why not give yourself a chance that maybe there's a possibility and so i obviously come from a very like libertarian much like the government shouldn't be handing out bailouts unemployment shouldn't be a thing for very long but and everyone's like you heartless you know what i mean like and i'm like nope i actually genuinely believe that this is best for you and oh by the way i put out literally three podcast episodes a week of free content to help you actually go take personal responsibility for your life so anyway i want to be your it is. It super is. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, yeah. I want to ask one more question before to go, go to rapid fire questions. Is that cool? Let's do it. Oh, okay. oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, there's rapid fire questions at the end. It gets super exciting. Isn't it great? Cool. I, I hope I can think fast enough. It, I've had three children. It's very hard. It's it's <laughs> it's like easy questions about like get us to know you. Like just so and then there's one like super deep question at the end that you're gonna be like, where the heck did that come from? So prepare. I'm so excited. Okay. Um so what's next for you slash like where can people find out about you like i want to give you some time to basically be like hey here's what i'm doing here's what's next here's why you should follow me get excited like and then drop links and tell us where we can do it like that you can can just do this the whole time yeah just like that next for me is literally when we get done i'm jumping in an rv that's sitting out my window right there that we bought like right before coronavirus started because we are supposed to be going still don't know, on a two-month around the United States world tour, world tour, national tour. Country tour, yeah. Um, yes, um, with our three children, because why the hell not? So my whole That's focus amazing. this year, thank you, my whole focus this year is actually more on family than my business. I'm just in a really great place. I love all of my products. I love all of my students. Everything is going well. We have really good systems in place. We have a couple new things going on, but again, I've, I've, I, I have built a business to revolve around a life that I want to live. Yes. That intention that we were talking about earlier. So things that are new, Free Mama Radio launches launches Monday, which will probably have already happened when this happens. So go check out Free Mama Radio. Is it on free, iTunes, you listen to podcasts. Is it freemamaradio.com? freemamaradio.com. I'll get you to all the links where Boom. you can go watch it. Yep. Um, the best place to hang out with me and connect is inside my Facebook group. There's over 27,000 moms women we do have a few cool men in there who can hang and be called mama every now and again um i'm incredibly active in this group this this is my family um so facebook.com slash group slash the free mama movement um i do have a book you can find it on amazon go nuts it's amazing it is it is if i died today i would really miss my family obviously and i hope they'd miss me but i would feel like i got to say everything i wanted to say amazing that's I love this book. It is my everything. Um, but like, ah, I think I talked about my course already. I do some higher end coaching stuff, um, but none of that's open right now. So I'm really sorry. But if you're interested, you can get on the wait list. There's your scarcity. Um, yeah, just come hang out with me. I, I really am a lady of the people, as Catherine says. I just, much like you, Josh, I am a raging extrovert. I love to talk. I love I to couldn't. help imagine that <laughs> i know this, i think honestly we met for all of 30 seconds i think it was right before tony robbins went on stage yes but i could just he, feel your energy so yes connected. but like in, in a 30 minute 
or 30 second interaction, we were both like, oh my God, hi, hi, hi. We should know each other. We should talk. Let's be on Facebook. Okay, bye. See ya. Like it was super high energy. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the best. Come hang out with me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I've got Free Mama TV on, on YouTube. That's more of our how-tos. So if you are a newer entrepreneur or freelancer, um, that's a really great place where literally I put all my best content for free. Like it's just right there. Just go learn. Don't be lazy. Just go learn it. Um, and then the last thing I guess I'll say that I didn't talk about is I have an army of over 2,000 virtual assistants, graphic designers, copywriters, wow. hundreds of with I were hundreds of which I have worked with directly. Um, so we have a matchmaker program. You can go to the freemamamatchmaker.com. I can either assist you with that process and helping you find your mat match and learning how to outsource, or I have a completely free directory and you can find the link on that page and you can just go swim through some of our, our amazing free mamas. Um, these women are highly, highly trained and just ready to help you grow your business. And what was that called? You can go to the freemamamatchmaker.com. The freemamamatchmaker.com. Guys, we'll link... Yeah. Free Mama Radio, Free Mama Matchmaker, the Facebook group, everything down below in the description. Unless, of course, you're watching on Facebook, then go to iTunes or YouTube and it'll all be down there because that's where you need to go. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for rapid fire questions? I'm ready. All right. Let's do this. First question is, what is your favorite airline to fly? Southwest. Why? They don't have first class. It's just, I like, don't get me wrong. I like them, but also. I like control i think and just like just let me like sit where i want to sit and get on when i want to get on and get i don't know i love southwest all right I, like you want we're not gonna fight yeah, it we're I not gonna southwest. fight it we're not gonna fight it yeah. i love it yeah. okay um airport yeah okay so um favorite okay let me, let me say Mat i really threw you off you're upset about the first class no 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 no, no. material <laughs> material uh, object. I have to. I changed. I used to ask the question of if you could buy any car, what what car would you do? But I've changed oh, it I, because we oh. start because we start like we started interviewing all these rich people that already have all their dream cars, right? And so I, was I like gonna say, I already drive the car. This, right, this right. And that's exactly the problem we kept <laughs> okay. running into. I interviewed Alex Sharvin earlier, and I was like, I, I asked him a question. He's like, um, well, I'm rich, so I have a ten thousand square foot house <laughs> and every single car I could possibly want. So I was like, all right, let me rephrase the question. So anyway, uh -huh. um one material like a dream material thing that's incredibly expensive like house car thing watch necklace sunglasses anything what is one Yo, dream okay. thing that you would spend a lot of money on well we just bought the rv that's a lot of money um so we just bought the rv which was awesome um so that's my most recent purchase the next thing here's the deal i'm at a place in my life and my business where i am I've learned, I've, we've had the epiphany we talked about earlier, right? I now believe making money is easy. That's a very huge epiphany mindset shift as, as a human where you're all of a sudden like, not only do I believe I can do this, but I actually believe I can do this with ease. Like yes. this, is, this is good, right? Um, and so as a result of that, now my new obsession is how do I get the money I have to work? Nope. That's not, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. Nope. Oh. You, no, you has to be a material thing. It cannot make you money. It has to be a, a splurge oh, well, thing. I was going to say we want a beach house, but like, oh, okay. gonna, it's going to be a rental property. No, nope. That's, that's oh. like, Hey, I, Hey, I am not very materialistic. I, I am. I am your friend. I am worth $10 billion and I'm going to come and buy you anything that you want in life. And it cannot be cash producing. 
Okay, I literally, like, my mom gave me an Amazon gift card for my birthday. Like, I don't know where I don't, I, and I'll probably use it on my family. I'm the worst. Okay, okay. next question we're going to go sorry. to. No, that's I, all right. I'm that, the worst. That's you guys, all right. I wear, like, $10 t-shirts every day. We are, I'm just not super materialistic. But, but, and same. My are from Target. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't care. Sure. And same, but also if a ten, somebody were ten billion dollars came, I'd be like, I'll take that Lamborghini Aventador convertible. Thank you very much. Right, like so. Well, I, it, well can I, but I can't buy it for. I'll get one of those for my husband. That would make him. All right, very perfect. Happy. There, okay, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll call that a win. We'll call. I'd it a rather. Win. Can I pick a trip? Here's the deal. There you go. I, trip. Perfect. Corona, perfect. So there's this cruise that goes from like Dubai all the way around like India and all the way up to Japan. It takes months. When coronavirus, like like five years from now, like we got to be way past this stuff. Um, it'll probably be something else by then. But anyway, like that is my dream trip, and right. I will take someday. Okay, so we'll do that. We'll do okay. the dream trip. All right, okay. we're we'll gonna, we're gonna try to get through these faster than four minutes per answer. But let, let's, con okay. let's continue Grab on here. All right. If if you had the chance to go to outer space, you get to come back. Would you do it? Is it guaranteed I get to come back? Well, I mean. I guess there's always a risk that something might go wrong, but like, yes, like it's a planned trip, seven days up and back. If my children were grown right now, I would not. Okay. I respect that. Okay. Um, what is one bucket list item? I think you've probably already answered this, but one's what, what is one bucket list thing that you want to do in your life that you have not yet done? Besides the cruise, I want to go on a hot air balloon. I know that's really simple, but I really do. All right. Hot air balloon. All right. Last question for you. This is a deep one. All right. Okay. Fast forward to the end of your life. You're on your deathbed. All of your, all of your money, success, fame, impact, everything is gone. White from the face of the earth. You're nobody. However, every single person that you have touched or affected either directly or indirectly in your entire life, you get to leave them with one final message and word of advice. Cement your legacy. What would it be? Oh God. Okay. Well, like way to get me upset. First of all, <laughs> um, my book doesn't exist. That's why I wrote a book, Josh. You have um, one final message. Sorry. If I couldn't leave them with the whole book. Ah, okay. Because I don't have four minutes because it's a rapid fire question and I can't think of my own quote fast enough. I will leave you with a quote that I recite five different times inside of my book. And that is Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or think you cannot, you're right. Mm. To me, that is the quote that has changed my life. It has given me belief in myself to take the actions to be able to live this life that I love so much. I love it. I love it. Words of wisdom from Lauren Golden, everybody. If you just believe it, you can do it. Whatever you believe is to be true. Lauren, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I had no, this, I mean, wow, mind blown. It was awesome. Thanks, Josh. Well, were, you, were you expecting this type of podcast? What were you expecting? I don't think I've ever talked about religion or politics on a podcast ever. Um, and I don't think the drugs was on the part we were <laughs> recorded, but that was funny for me too. Okay, guys, for context, I, I, we didn't really talk about drugs. All I said was, she said, what's the topics? I said, we talk about everything. We've ever had conversations about psychedelic drugs. So I don't really know if we had a drug conversation here. But. <laughs> My response was, I would have very little to <laughs> participate in that conversation. <laughs> No, this is super fun. I love I love when we can think outside the box and share stuff that not everybody else is asking. I love it. Love it, love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Lauren Golden, everybody. Guys, we'll link all of our stuff down below. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are gonna be the ones that change the world. I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.
Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.